When I was a youth, I was an evangelist for the dark side, living for myself when I got into trouble. And then around 28 years old, two things happened to me. Find out what radically changed my life and how the lessons I learned can change your life too, today on The Mark Harrington Show. The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can find out more about our podcast and the mission of Created Equal by going to createdequal.org. Well, we're wrapping up for 2021, and today on the program, I want to talk about my uh, testimony, my life, and some of the things that hopefully you could learn from in my own personal Christian walk and experience. So, as I said earlier, you know, I grew up uh, as a non-Christian. I was not taken to church. I didn't come to Christ until later in my 20s. And before I came to Christ, I was a, an evangelist for the dark side. And I don't want to get into the details here as to what that means, but I did some pretty bad stuff. And then around 28 years old, my life radically changed. And it changed because I came to Jesus Christ. And at that moment, he gave me a personal mission. And that mission was this, that at the end of my life, if I did not see a long line of pro-life and Christian apologists behind me, I will have failed. And so once I got saved, I was put on a course in the pro-life movement. I was saved by Jesus Christ, and the second time I was rescued was by my wife, who shared with me uh, the pro-life message. And it's ironic in a way, I guess, providential, that she showed me an aborted baby photo. Uh, at the time, uh, early in our marriage, my wife was uh, volunteering at the Pregnancy Resource Center here locally. And at that time, it's not like today where they have a toll-free number where women who are considering abortion can call into this uh, you know, call center. Back in the day, uh, volunteers would take these calls. They would rotate those calls into people's homes. And my wife was taking those phone calls and talking to, to women who are considering abortion at all times during the day and night. And I didn't know anything about abortion until she showed me an aborted baby photo. And it just seems providential that uh, now that that's what I use to make the case for abortion, uh, against abortion. But I remember when she showed me that photo, that moment is etched in my mind forever. It changed me for good. And I knew this would be my life's mission. At that very moment, soon after, I read the book Operation Rescue by Randall Terry. And in that, he talks about how thousands upon thousands of Christians in the late 1980s and early 90s went to abortion centers and blocked the doors. An act of civil disobedience, or you could say biblical obedience, to rescue those being led away to death. And Randall Terry, in his book, to me, inspired thousands of Christians to risk arrest. Many of them went to jail. In fact, it's the largest civil disobedience 
movement in American history where 70,000 Christians went to jail. When I read that book, I knew I wanted to be on the front lines of the abortion wars. And so I set it as my goal to become a full-time pro-life activist. And soon after that, I had an opening and I quit my job. At the time, I had three children. I was married and I began to raise support. And uh, at that time, I, I worked for the Center for Bioethical Reform. And then in 2011, began working for Created Equal. And as they say, the rest is history. So what I want to do here is I want to talk about the mission of Created Equal. And the mission is this, to raise up the next generation of leaders to take on the culture of death and win, because winning is how the killing ends. See, the goal is not to just save babies, as important as that is. And the goal is not to just change hearts and minds, as critical as that is. The goal is to abolish abortion altogether. And for the most part, in the last 11 years, we've been able to accomplish that by raising up the next generation of leaders to, to train young pro-life apologists to go into the public square and face uh, people who oppose them, pro-abortion advocates, toe-to-toe, and to be able to persuade people to change their hearts on abortion and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the goal of the pro-life movement is to abolish abortion. It's not to regulate it. It's not to restrict it. It's not just to save children, which is important. It's not just to change hearts and minds. We understand that in order to abolish abortion, you need to change hearts and minds because politics is downstream from culture. In a created equals overarching strategy, we must first change public opinion in order to change uh, public policy. And we do that through effective pro-life apologetics and the use of abortion victim photography and video, which includes our Jumbotron TV, to educate and change culture. And we take these projects um, to both high school and college campuses. And we use the tactics of abortion victim photography and video. Uh, The first way we do that is through our justice rides. And our justice rides are patterned after the, uh, the, uh, the civil rights freedom rides that took place in the late 1950s and early 1960s. And if you understand the freedom rides, the freedom rides were where young people, many of them college age, some of them left college to join these freedom rides where they would board buses that were segregated in the South. And they would do that and defy the rules of the buses, even though federal law had already changed and ordered the buses to be desegregated. The companies were not yet doing that. And so young people boarded these buses in in defiance of the rules. And many of them got thrown in jail. Some of them got beaten and some actually lost their lives. And so these freedom rides crystallized to the American people the importance of the law changing. It, 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 It created a consensus against racial injustice and was a huge catalyst to the civil rights movement. And so. With the justice rides, of course, we're not saying we're freedom riders in that sense, but we wanted to create a similar type of situation or environment where young people could get together 
and together fight for a common cause. We call that synergy. And synergy is created when people cooperate together and the whole becomes greater than each individual uh, by itself. In other words, young people join a cause that's bigger than themselves. And so that is our premier project. That is the justice ride. And if you have a young person or you are a young person listening or watching the program today, you can go to justiceride.org. Uh, we do this once a year. We load buses. We head down to Florida to go to college and high school campuses. We visit the abortion clinics. We load up charter buses with young people. We train them in the classroom and we train them in the bus. We train them on the campus and we get them in front of people that disagree with them. If you want your young person to get involved in, a, in the greatest human rights battle of our day, the Justice Ride is the best project for them. They will come back changed, I guarantee you. Not only will they understand how to argue in defense of life, but they will have created lifetime friends and that synergy that I shared about earlier. So that is our number one project. That is the Justice Ride. The second are our internships and boot camps. Uh, during the summer, we take eight weeks and we devote that to training uh, young people uh, in the classroom primarily and also taking them out on the street. We believe here at Created Equal that young people just don't learn through reading uh, and, and, and in the classroom, what we call the seat work. We believe that the feet work that is going out on the streets into the public square is actually where people learn because they are forced to use what they've learned in real time situation on the ground, boots on the ground uh, with people that disagree with them. And so our internship is very much different than many other internships where it's mostly just acquiring a bunch of boot, uh, book knowledge. All that's important, of course, and I think academically. Our internship is better than any in the country. But what makes it even better than that is that we take people out and we put them on the street. It's not just head knowledge. It's on-the-job training. You can find out more about that project. That is the internships or our boot camps by going to createdequal.org. So what I want to do here in the final minutes of the program is talk about how you can be activated in the pro-life cause. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, or you're watching today, you might not be a pro-life activist. You might be thinking about entering into the battle. We need you right now more than ever because we are on the precipice of a very life-changing, or I should say cultural change in America relating to abortion. If the Supreme Court reverses Roe versus Wade, overturns it and sends it back to the states, this is now going to become a community and local effort more than ever. Not that it ever was anything different than that, but now the emphasis is going to be squarely put at the local and state level, and we're going to need activists in every community in America. Now, that might comprise people who are newcomers, people who are new to the battle, and it might also involve uh, what I call seasoned activists, people that have been around maybe for years or even decades. And I want to spend the remainder of the program talking to those two types of audiences. First of all, let me address 
the newcomers, those who are either considering joining into the fight on abortion or those who have just begun. And we need we need those types. We need people who are entering the battle now, just like we need people who have been in it for years or decades. The scripture says in Zechariah chapter four, verse 10, do not despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And the scripture is clear here that even though you might be new to it, don't despise those moments because it's important that you value them because the Lord says he rejoices to see the work begin. God has a plan for your life, that's for sure. And if you're waiting for a calling, you've been waiting too long because this battle has been going on for 50 years and we need new, fresh blood, young people and more older people to join the fight. A good friend of mine and pastor, Wendell Brain, has said, and this is something that I have uh, believed uh, in my pro-life work for years, and that is when he addressed the issue of a calling, he said the need is the call. The need is the call. In other words, if you're waiting around for God to call you to do something, uh, now we're not generally talking about an audible voice necessarily, but if you're waiting for a calling, your waiting's over because the need is the call. And one of the greatest needs in the Christian uh, community and in, in the sharing of the gospel and bringing about cultural change is the battle over abortion. Think about it. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Right now, we've had 50 years of unabated child killing in America, the shedding of innocent blood. For the most part, the church has been relatively silent over these years, and there are few that have been called into the harvest field, uh, but the need is great. The need is great. Uh, And so the need is the call. Way back in the day when I was considering what I might do in the pro-life movement, I decided that I wanted to do the things that most people weren't doing that were the most effective. And there's a reason for that. People don't do things that are effective often because they cost you something. The most effective things are often the hardest things to do, the ones that you might lose your reputation over or even worse, be persecuted. Uh, If you're looking for something that's going to give you popularity, uh, this isn't the battle for you. The need is the call, as Wendell Brain said. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old things are passed away. Therefore, the, all things are new. And so if you are a new creation in Christ, all things are new. That your old, all the old things of the past, of your non-Christian life, have been done away with. Every day is new for you, a new beginning. And I exhort you, if you are a newcomer or someone considering the pro-life movement as your mission field, all things are new, and uh, we can help you to get involved. Now, in Matthew chapter 7, verse, verses 13 and 14, Jesus talks about the narrow way. Now, a lot of people refer to this as a salvation verse. And that it is, of course. But I think it's for everyday life, for everyday decisions as well. 
because we need to choose the narrow path. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, he said, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. And so obviously you're talking about here salvation, that few find salvation through Jesus Christ. That's just the facts. The gate is wide to destruction. In other words, most people, unfortunately, are not going to come to faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We understand that. But this also has application to Christians as well. And that is, even in the Christian life, you have to choose the narrow gate. Because the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. In other words, within Christianity as a whole, uh, there are narrow gates and there are wide gates. I would submit to you the narrow gate of the pro-life movement is one of those paths that we need to take but it leads to life and one thing i can say to you is if you choose to get involved in this fight like i have you will be rewarded with a fulfilling purposeful life because you know what you're doing will count uh can you think of any other thing you could do any other ministry or activity you could do or take place in or take part in that could lead to the saving of another person. If you join in with the pro-life movement and the fight over abortion, you will get that opportunity. And I submit to you, if you're faithful, you will see uh, children be spared from abortion, and you will see parents also being spared the tragedy of killing their children. So God has a plan for you. And Jesus said in John chapter 10 that I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The abundant life comes through following Jesus through the narrow gate because the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And we need you in the harvest field because there are very few that choose the pro-life path. And that's because you typically are not (laughs) uh, seen as popular and it's not a very popular subject. I mean, think about it. This is talking about the killing of unborn babies. All right. So that's the first audience. That is the newcomer. If you're a newcomer or somebody considering jumping in on the pro-life fight, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And remember, the need is the call. The need is the call. And we need you to be standing up and defending the preborn. Now, the second audience I want to address here are those seasoned activists, the people that have been in the fight for years or decades, like myself. I want to exhort you to stay involved. Don't give up and finish strong. Paul had a vision for fighting the good fight of faith. And he's in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 through 29. Paul says this. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. So they do it to obtain a perishable wreath, but we imperishable. In other words, they do things for the here and now that will pass away, but we do things for things that will be imperishable, that will live on for eternity. In other words, people's lives, their souls. And he goes on to say, Therefore I run in such a way as to not run aimlessly, and I uh, box in such a way 
as to avoid hitting the air, he says. But I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Paul's talking about living the purposeful life. And he's talking about strictly disciplining our lives so that we are not boxing against the air, that the punches that we're throwing rhetorically are landing, that they're, they're, they're hitting the target, and that we don't want to run aimlessly. And so you, if you're a seasoned activist, we need you to stay in the fight because those younger activists that are coming up behind you need your experience and mentorship. Uh, there's a place for all of us in this mosaic we call the pro-life movement, both young and old. And if you've been at it for years like myself, there's a role for you to exhort and encourage and uh, challenge the younger activists to stay the course and to stay focused. Now, in conclusion, let me talk about some of the next steps you can take if you want to jump in as we end 2021. The first, you, first thing you can do is to get involved in our work or in the work of the pro-life movement in your own community or locality. And in order to do that, go to markharringtonshow.com and just send me a submit uh, a, an email to me and ask me what you can be doing. I can connect you with local people because I know people all over the country and we have a network that we can connect you with in your own community. So go to markharringtonshow.com and let me know that you want to get involved, that you've heard the call uh, to get involved and you believe that you can make a difference. So go to markharringtonshow.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on all the popular podcasting platforms. And the way to do that is, again, go to markharringtonshow.com. If you listen by terrestrial radio or watch on YouTube or Facebook, you can pick up our program 24-7 on your any popular podcasting platform. And then finally, as we wrap up the year, uh, you can give to us financially. And you can do that one of two ways. Go to markharringtonshow.com. Just click on the donate link. If your gift is uh, given prior to uh, New Year's Eve, that is December 31st at 12 midnight, it'll count towards the giving of 2021. That is markharringtonshow.com. Click on the donate link. And then finally, you can write a physical check to Created Equal, P.O. Box 360-503, Columbus, Ohio. 360-503, Columbus, Ohio, 43236. Again, Created Equal, P.O. Box 360503, Columbus, Ohio, 43236. And if your check is dated prior to uh, December 31st, it'll count for 2021. So those are the things you can do to get involved. Also, finally, and I know I'm giving you a lot to do right now, but if you have a question or comment, you can submit that. You can also give me suggestions for topics on the program or possible guests that I might be uh, might be good to interview here on the Mark Harrington show. So in order to wrap it up, I'd like to exhort you to get involved this year 
2022, the upcoming year, that is, 2022 uh, stands to be the biggest year in 50 years for the unborn. Whether the U.S. Supreme Court reverses or overturns Roe versus Wade or not, uh, we have challenges ahead of us and huge opportunities, and we need you to jump into the battle. Uh, we are going to be uh, setting forward our plan for a post-Roe America. Uh, the decision on Dobbs v. Jackson could be released as early as February, but as late as June of 2022. Irrespective of that decision, we are going to be implementing our post-Roe America plan. That is, that we are going to be visiting several, as many as we can, of those states that would be on the uh, on the verge of outlawing abortion altogether. And there are some 24 of those states. And you can find out more about that project by emailing me, going to markharringtonshow.com. So we'll see you next time. We'll see you next year. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God.